0: What happens when you're two classes away from receiving your degree in physical education and realize it isn't for you? How do you cope with finding out the specialty you were preparing for in medical school doesn't meet your expectations during your third-year rotations? Why was joining the Army an easier decision than applying to medical school? And finally, how do you navigate a change in specialty once residency interviews and plans are already set in place? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Candice, a fourth-year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world, this is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. Got a great guest today, Candice. How are you doing?
1: Doing well. How are you?
0: Fourth-year student? Yes. How does it feel to be a fourth-year? Phenomenal. Why?
1: Because you finally have some freedom and choice to do what you want with your life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Let's, let's start at the beginning. Let's go back. Let's go into our time machine. Okay. What did you do uh, that helped prepare you for med school? What kind of activities were you doing before you got here?
1: Um... To be completely honest, med school was not always my game plan. It's kind of something that I stumbled into, which I know sounds ridiculous. I was going to school to be a PE teacher, Mm. and that actually got me a lot of the volunteer hours and leadership experiences and whatnot like that that I needed. And uh, I ended up teaching at a middle school for a year and realized very quickly that that's not what I wanted to be doing with my life Mm -hmm. because – Watching kids kick soccer balls across the street so that they can run off campus to go get it in somebody else's yard was not super fun. Mm.
0: Why PE teacher? Why, why was that?
1: I wanted to coach. Okay. I, did, I did track for nine years, and mm-hmm. I loved it, and I still do. I still coach, actually. I'm going to a track meet tonight. Cool. Um, and that just seemed like the easiest way to get into coaching. Mm-hmm.
0: So PE teacher, PE teacher, then was it kind of an internship like you did like at a school or you actually worked full time as a PE? No, yeah. it was
1: just was just A course. A course. One of okay. the courses that they have you do uh-huh. here is just going out to teach. You teach an elementary school and then a middle school and then a high school and then you do your internship.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you knew right away this wasn't,
1: yeah. this wasn't your life. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. After I was done with that middle school course, literally the next day I, I changed my major.
0: Okay. And then why medicine? Where did that come from?
1: Um, I first went into athletic training mm-hmm. because I thought like the the anatomy and the physiology of the body were really interesting. I was really interested in like helping athletes kind of maintain their health so that they can stay competitive and get more competitive, all of that jazz. Um, then I realized that the athletic training room is super boring and it wasn't everything that I wanted in my life, mm-hmm. and I kind of just like kept stepping it up until i ended up in med school
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're jumping ahead of it
1: (laughs) i mean that's basically what happened though because like then i considered nursing but i was that didn't sound fulfilling to me and Mm -hmm. i considered pa school but they wanted like seven years of real life experience before they would even like consider you as an applicant and so i just ended up here
0: Mm -hmm. were you volunteering in the community
1: I I mean, I was volunteer coaching at the time. That's where I got most of my coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, Once I started getting more interested in the healthcare field, I started volunteering at the Utah AIDS Foundation. Okay. And then just to kind of, like, up my hours a little bit more, I was volunteering at a senior center just down the street from my house. Do you feel those type of activities were helpful? I feel like the Utah AIDS Foundation was super, super helpful. Why? Um, It kind of teaches you how to talk to people in, like, a sensitive manner. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause I was a counselor there and it was like counseling people on how to keep themselves healthy. Um,
0: so people from different walks of life. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Different cultures, different backgrounds. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you applied, you got in, Mm -hmm. what was the biggest surprise of medical school looking back?
1: Um, I feel like the further you get in education, the more you realize that you don't know. Hmm. So like I feel like I've been in school almost my entire life, and I have honestly never felt like I now realize that there are so many things out there that I don't know now, and I likely never will know. I think that like the humbling experience, I guess, has sounds been like you've self
0: actualized <laughs> <laughs> when you know I you don't know. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. was it was med school harder? Was it the hardest thing you've ever done? Oh yeah. Okay, definitely. What was hard about it?
1: Um. Just forcing yourself to do the same redundant studying every single day because you, like, miss a day or two and you fall so far behind that it's just really hard to get caught up.
0: Do you think I'm easy?
1: Um, I thought, like, physical exams and interacting with people was probably the easiest part of med school.
0: When did you learn, you know, going back to when you know you don't know, when did you have that aha moment? Because I think a lot of students start medical school and they – and they feel like they're going to learn everything. Mm-hmm. But what you said is very wise because mm-hmm. I think what happens is people realize you can't do this alone. You need help. that's why right. the, the consulting system. That's we, we work in teams in hospitals. So when, when did you have that aha moment?
1: Honestly, it was like during week one of med school. Okay. We wow. were having, I think, some conversation. I don't even remember what the lecture was about. But everybody kept using the word prophylactic. And I was like, mm, no idea what that means. I'm just going to like... <laughs> pull out my cell phone here and Google it in the back of the classroom. Hope no one was watching over your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Why is Candace doing that? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And like everybody was just using this word like we use the word like tomato. And I was like, hmm, yep, I have a lot to learn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. So uh, sounds like you like fourth year. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you like the first two years or did you like third and fourth year better? Because there's different philosophies. First two years, more classroom based, more, more tests, third and fourth year, more in clinics and hospitals.
1: I think the first two years was probably more of what I was expecting because I feel like by the time you make it to med school, you know how to go to class, you know how to take a test, prepare for all of that. It's kind of like. It it gets boring and redundant, Mm -hmm. but it's what you know by the Mm -hmm. time you get here. Third year was like that experience when you're a little kid and you're trying to learn how to swim Mm. and your parents just kind of like toss you in the pool. That's exactly what I felt like third year.
0: Well, I think we tried to teach a little bit of how to swim, but but I do recognize.
1: Right. They were like, I don't know. (laughs) Yes, they do teach you how to swim. Like hold your breath when you're underwater. Yeah. But you kind of figure out a lot of things on the fly mm-hmm. in third year. And I liked it from the standpoint that we weren't in the classroom and that was great because it, it was just so nice to like get up and be doing things and using the knowledge that we'd been working to gain. That was like really, really great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but at least for me, Putting a face to all of the diseases and all of the illnesses and all of the injuries that we had been learning about was really hard for me. Hmm. Like, it it made me realize that medicine wasn't as, like, glorified as I had always thought it was.
0: Hmm. Why?
1: I just really hate giving bad news, and I feel like medicine is a lot of giving bad news.
0: So you you were in the room when people learned they had cancer or yeah,
1: mm-hmm. things like that. Yes. How was that? It was hard. It was really hard. I will admit that there were multiple, multiple days when I wanted to go home and quit. Really? Yes. What kept you going? I signed a military contract that would have been very hard to get out of. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about
0: that. We'll talk about that. All right. Um, uh, so I assume, you know, watching doctors break bad news. Were you the one breaking bad news or were you watching other people brag bad news?
1: Um. I think I did a few times, but for the most part, it was other doctors.
0: You should, you must have witnessed different styles. Yes. So, you know, without revealing names, I mean, what was, what was something like that? You really just impressed you. What was another time that just, wow, like this was not handled the right way.
1: A time when it was not handled the right way? Or,
0: or, you know, let's do a positive one. and not-so-positive uh, one, not so one. Okay,
1: yeah. so a positive one. I thought it was really nice when, like, attendings would sit down next to their patients and have the whole family in the room and be like, Look, this is the situation that we're in. Mm. This is what we have found so far, which is likely pointing to this scenario. And these are the options that we have moving forward. And... These docs would, like, really take their time in, in the rooms with the patients. And, I mean, this would be, like, maybe an hour or two visit. Wow. And they would, like, really answer every question that the patient had, answer every question that the patient's family members had. Mm-hmm. And just really make sure that everybody knew what was going on and knew their options and felt comfortable, I mean, as comfortable as you can with the situation.
0: I remember, yeah, I remember similar, you try to get everyone in the room. Right. I remember there were times when, you know, uncle, sister, daughter, son, they would be like on the other side of the country, but you try to have them like Skype right. in or right. call in, mm-hmm. just, you know, just to listen in. Cause like, yeah, you're right. There's like flood of questions. And, right. And rightly so, you know, cause people are very scared and worried. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like a really good technique.
1: Yeah. That was something that I was very impressed with. And then on the flip side. There were other attendings that would just walk in and be like, "Yep, you have this. This is what I think you should do. Let me know what you decide. See ya."
0: Did they leave you in the room to deal with the fallout, or you were supposed to follow them out? Or I
1: followed them out. I wasn't. I wasn't. So do you think they did up. it on purpose,
0: or were they just not aware, or they just didn't want to deal with that emotion, or what? What do you think? Was I'm going not on? sure.
1: Okay. I have no idea. I think that I think that those attendings had just become so. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm burned out
0: or I I think I
1: think probably numb to the situation like they have diagnosed cancer or like told so many people that they were going to die that it was like not a big deal to them anymore. They had like forgotten to look at the patient's point of view Mm -hmm. and like realize that this like, yeah, okay, maybe you have diagnosed cancer like 50,000 times, but this patient has never had that told Mm -hmm. to them before.
0: Were those the days you want to go home and quit? Or even the when the doctors did a good job delivering news? Both times? Yep, both. both times. Okay.
1: Kind of just randomly all over the place.
0: It's really rough. I know the med school, we try to – I mean, I think that – you ask medical schools. I think that's one of our greatest fears is that during the course of training, the students lose that piece of humanity,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the ability to connect to someone, right. to be in the moment, to break bad news, to answer questions. I mean, that's that's like – you boil it down to that's like what medicine's all about. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of scary that there are some doctors out there that have lost that ability or right. just don't care.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: So how, how do you how do you as a student? Because again, it goes back to modeling. I mean, ideally, like you should see really great behavior on all your physicians mm-hmm. that you're around. Mm-hmm. That obviously, is not happening. <laughs> how do you as a learner? How do you as a student? How do you get through that? How do you survive that? How do you learn from that?
1: Um, You just kind of – just like with anybody or any situation when you're like – whether it's interviewing a patient, whether it's writing a note, whether it's really anything, you pick up things, whether they're good or bad, and you just say, hey, this is something good that I really liked. I want to do this in my practice. Mm -hmm. And when you see something that's bad, you just also take a note of that and say, hey, that's not something that I want to do. I need to make sure that I steer away from that pathway.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's two big areas that I kind of want to cover. Okay. The first is when you started medical school, what doctor, what kind of doctor did you want to be?
1: I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon.
0: Because of athletic training? Yep. Okay. Tell us about the metamorphosis. What happened?
1: Um, Surgery, day one. I quickly realized that surgeons do not have the same mentality about life that I have and they do not have a lifestyle that I wanted to have for the rest of my life.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the mentality. Okay. What do you what do you mean?
1: Um they are very cut and dry get the job done type people.
0: Okay. And then that, that didn't go for you. They didn't work for you. Right. Okay. And so, day one?
1: Day one. Literally so by lunchtime.
0: So, was it the rounding or is the OR or just everything?
1: It, it was really just. I feel like in medicine, you find the people that you click with, and mm-hmm. I just didn't click with surgeons.
0: Okay. So, up in the first two years of med school, surgery, surgery, surgery. Yep. And then boom. Yep. Third year rotation. Where, where, where was surgery? Beginning of third year or?
1: Um, It was like first half, maybe like a third of the way in.
0: Okay. So you're getting really excited. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this is.
1: This is going to be great. I'm so excited. It's just like to
0: draw an analogy. It's like you on that middle school playground and the kids kicking the ball. Yep. And you just realize, whoa, this isn't for me. Exactly. So the surgeons would be the ones kicking the ball and the ball would be. The humanity. I don't know. We're not going sure. to get too deep on this. All right. <laughs> and then, so you didn't just, you didn't like their attitude, didn't like the, you mentioned the lifestyle. So, talk mm-hmm. about the surgeon lifestyle.
1: Surgeon lifestyle, I feel like, is. I mean, and this is more probably resident lifestyle, but it's like wake up at like three o'clock in the morning. You're in the hospital at like four so that you can pre-round, get your Before rounds Before the done. snow
0: plows are even out. Before yeah. the snow
1: plows are even out. There was yeah. one day I had to drive up to surgery and my car was literally like at a 45 degree angle the whole way up because there was so much snow and my turbo car doesn't like snow. Okay. Um, but yeah. We're going to
0: talk about that because I don't think you're going to have that problem with that if <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, yeah. So you're, you're up here, you're working before the sun's up every single day. You take care of your patients in like a very, I felt like it was a very rushed manner. Hmm. And then you're just standing in the OR for like, who knows how long. I think I had like one 14 hour day in the OR.
0: A 14 hour case?
1: No, I had an eight hour case, but it was a 14 hour day.
0: Wow. Standing,
1: standing. Mm-hmm. I remember I got and, the
0: I got the stockings. Yeah, to help blood flow in the legs it makes uh-huh. a huge difference because you stand so long. Right. Did you?
1: I didn't get the stockings. I remember
0: I would, I would kind of start doing different positions with yep. my legs. And mm-hmm. I remember I once I looked up like the different ballet positions just to kind of <laughs> oh my legs hurt so bad it hurts so bad to stand.
1: Yeah. Yep. And surgeons like brag about how long they can go without eating or how long they can go without like going to the bathroom and. It's just insane, this stuff that they were like, that they like pride in their life. Mm -hmm. It it was interesting. It was very interesting.
0: Rubbed you completely the wrong way. Yep. All right. Mm -hmm. So, how did it feel not to have a home? Like, you know, you're going to do surgery, do surgery, boom, not going to do surgery. I mean, what did that feel like?
1: I felt so lost. Drifting? Yeah, just kind of like floating through third year after that. Hmm. Just kind of like hoping that there would be something that I would like that I could see myself doing for like the next 40 or 50 years.
0: So a lot of med students have a choice number two, but I get the sense from you is more like audition at that point. Like, let's see what happens to us. a third year. Yep. If any of these other specialties call to me. Yep. So what happened next?
1: Um, I think I had neurology next mm-hmm. and I did pediatric neurology over there, which was like so fulfilling and so painful at the same time Mm. because i loved working with kids so much they're so they're so great to work with so much fun i mean when you get to go up to a kid and you do a physical exam by like tickling their stomach like i that was just amazing yeah
0: (laughs) i mean surgeons
1: surgeons weren't doing that no surgeons (laughs) were not doing that (laughs) (laughs) um but then like you also see like these really really bad tbi cases Mm-hmm. And
0: traumatic brain injury, right? Yeah, car crashes, right. falls, and like yeah. these
1: kids will never live the kind of life that they had prior. Mm-hmm. And like cases like that were really hard.
0: And it's tough for parents to hear that too, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: the agony of parents, yeah, because uh, you know it's hard because like parents have hopes and dreams mm-hmm. for all their children, and it, exactly. it's rough, right?
1: Yeah. And you could see the pain in the parents' eyes as well, and yeah, stuff like that was really hard to go home with. Um, but I met one little girl who was coming in and she had, she was complaining of headaches for a really long time and her mom brought her in and we found out that like her father had been abusing her for a really long time and that was causing like a lot of depression, a lot of stress and that was coming out as headaches. And like, so we got to help her kind of get her, her home situation strained out a bit and keep her safe at home and, and all of that. And At that moment, I actually thought that I wanted to go into peds. And so I I went down that rabbit hole for quite a while until I got to my very last rotation of fourth year. And I realized that what I liked about that case specifically was the psych aspect. Mm. And it was really, really hard to like commit. To psych at that point because I had already written my personal statement for PEDS. I had already applied to all of the PEDS residency programs that I could. Hmm. I had everything lined up to go into PEDS, but I I just, like, knew that I had to go into psych.
0: First day you realized that or did it take a while? No,
1: now? it took me probably half the rotation because I wasn't even, I honestly was not even considering psych. It wasn't even on my radar.
0: So you were a very, very late convert.
1: Yes. Probably as late as you can go. It sounds like you were terrified at first. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Was it because of the field of psychiatry or just because everything had already been kind of set in motion for pediatrics?
1: I had already set everything in motion for pediatrics. Like I already had my residency interviews lined up. Everything was scheduled. Like hotel rooms were booked. Flights were booked. Mm. All of that was taken care of. And uh, part of it was like the reputation that psych has in the medical field. And everybody who is not in psych basically tells you that psych isn't re- – like you You go to med school to learn all these things that you're not going to use in psychiatry.
0: I would say – I do acknowledge that psychiatry is p- probably the most artsy and fuzzy mm-hmm. <laughs> of all the fields. Right. Because there's all these – there's like psychology and social – there's all these other kind of little pieces to it. Right. So. Mm-hmm.
1: so I think that was part of the reason why I was hesitant as well is because I didn't want to go to school for four years.
0: How'd you work through that? I mean, were you talking to your family? Were you talking to psychiatrists? I mean, how'd you wrestle with that?
1: I talked to one of the attendings that I was working with and he planted a little seed in my mind and just said, most people have a very negative aspect or negative outlook on, on psychiatry. And if it's something you, you are considering, you should really consider it and not let other people influence your decision. Mm. And so I sat down and I had a lunch with him and we kind of discussed all of this. And he made me feel much better about.
0: So, like the pros and cons of right. continuing down this path. Right. So, so how's it feel since making that decision?
1: Great. It feels <laughs> awesome.
0: No complaints. I would argue, Candace, it takes a really strong person to kind of put the brakes on something that's already kind of been put in motion. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that?
1: Um. Yes and no. I mean, I feel like I've already done that a few times in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I. I was literally two classes away from graduating with my degree in PE teaching, and I went a whole different route from there. And, I mean, past my associate's degree courses, like, none of my classes overlapped, so.
0: So you just ate a lot of credit. Right. What would you say to someone out there who's listening and might be at a similar inflection point? I mean, they're struggling, you know, going down this path or that path, A versus B.
1: Something that I've realized, and I'm sure this is, like, so cliche, it's not even funny, Um, time is going to pass anyways. So I feel like what you want to do with that time is more important than how long it's going to take you. Hmm. And so, like, I could have easily said, well, getting my teaching degree will only take me another semester. I should just do that. Whereas, like, med school, I'm going to need at least another two years of undergrad. And... Time to study for the MCAT and then time to go to med school and then time to go to residency and then I'll probably have a job after that. but like the time's gonna pass anyways. So you should pass the time doing what you think you will enjoy most or what you think you will get the most benefit from long term.
0: I like that I think I think a lot of our decisions, like what I call like micro decisions we make these little decisions. And then one day we wake up and we're here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's our life. And we right. made a bunch of decisions that led us to this point. And, you know, I talked to a lot of people and they – some people are very enthusiastic about med school. Some people are very conflicted. And there's, sometimes there's ambivalence because, like, they feel pushed by their families to go mm-hmm. to med school. And I would like to point out, kind of like you said, like, you know, all our lives are different. We're all kind of headed in different paths. But at the end of the day – any job that's worthwhile is going to have built-in stress to it. Right. So, where do you want to be doing in 10, 20 years? Because if you don't like where you're at now, you're really not going to like where you're at in twenty years. So you should really start building a life towards making that goal, whatever it may be. And for some people, it's pharmacy school, nursing school. Some people it's PE teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would, you know, I, I just think I, think I think I think it's beautiful what you said. You have to like make decisions and kind of come to this realization. That time is going to pass. Right. Child psychiatry? Possibly. Okay.
1: Possibly. I'm not fully committed, but I haven't rolled it out.
0: All right. Let's talk about the other kind of big decision you made. Okay. So military. Right. When did that kind of start entering? I mean, do you come from a military background?
1: So my dad was in the Marines. My grandpa was in the Air Force. So kind of.
0: Kind of. But, like, did you, like, visit them on bases and no, go no, to no. air My, shows and stuff like that? No, no, I
1: wasn't that involved. It was just something that I kind of always looked up to. And, honestly, joining the military was a much easier decision for me than joining, med, like, going to med school. Really?
0: Yeah. Why? Why?
1: It just, like, ever since high school, it's something that I had been considering. Um, I had, like, been talking to recruiters and whatnot throughout high school. And it was something that I actually, like, really wanted to do. Um, but then I got a track and field scholarship.
0: So you didn't do ROTC.
1: For, no, I didn't okay. do Rotzi. Mm. Okay. Um, but I got a scholarship, and it was basically like choose one or the other. And traveling the world to throw shot, put in discus, ended a lot more fun mm-hmm. than marching and training to shoot people. <laughs> so okay. um, I went to undergrad on my scholarship, took care of school. Um, and I kind of already told you how I ended up in med school, and just I think it was maybe like a month after i got accepted i got an email from the army recruiter that was like hey i see that you're trying to do the med school thing how did he know i am unsure honestly ooh big brother i have no idea how <laughs> okay um but we he, we
0: do not tell them <laughs> so i don't know yeah
1: he uh, he he or maybe it, i mean it could have just been a spam thing that he spent, sent to like everybody and mm-hmm. i was like oh that that applies to me okay. and so i started talking to him about it and he helped me through the process and i think applying to the military was probably the only thing i've done as far as like an application process goes that was harder than applying to med school
0: why what, what was going on
1: it took me eight months just the, just
0: because they asked for a lot of a lot of information
1: yeah, yeah like the application itself i think was like 46 pages long and then you have to go and pick up, like, every medical record you've ever had.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I wasn't the most graceful child, so I had to pick up a lot of medical records.
0: A lot of trips to the ER. Yep. Broken mm-hmm. bones. Yep. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. All of that. Um, and then I had to get, like, so I was born with a cataract, so I have um, some bad vision in my left eye. Mm-hmm. I had to get a waiver saying that, like, She's going to be a doctor. We don't actually need her to, like, have depth perception. So it's okay yes. that, that like, she has that flaw. Um, just, like, a bunch of stuff like that. Plus, it's the government, which is really slow, so that adds time always.
0: Why Army? Did you even, even entertain the other?
1: I did. I actually wanted Air Force, um, but the Air Force recruiter at the time, like, wouldn't give me the time of day. Like I contacted him. I was like, "Hey, this is the situation I'm in. This is what I'm looking for." And he was like, "That's nice." Mhm. And I knew that this was going to be a long application process and I needed somebody who would help me.
0: Yeah, someone who was engaged right. and was able to kind of, yeah, right. help you cuz it sounds very burdensome on some level. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And so my and my only other option was the navy and I don't think I could stand being on a sub for that long.
0: Okay. So Army and then they – so did you get – did they pay for all four years or was it – because it took eight months. Did they not pay for the first year or how did
1: that work out? So I ended up signing the Friday before we started med school. So they paid for the entire four years of med school. Um, I also got like a stipend every month to help pay for food and rent and all of that. And –
0: you had to do basic in between first and second year,
1: right? So I did basic officer leadership course in between first and second year, which was fine. It was a six week course out where, in Texas, where at? Ooh. out in San Antonio.
0: Great weather, right?
1: So great. <laughs> Nothing like a heat storm and lots of humidity. Is
0: it like the image, like just bunk beds and just in a big room? Or, no. Because it was no. officers. It goal, was officers. They treat so. you a little bit better? Yeah. Okay. I
1: actually got my own hotel room, um, which had like a kitchen and a nice bed and TV okay. and all of that. Um, and then we spent three weeks in the field. And you were sleeping on cots and giant tents. But, I mean, the tents had air conditioning.
0: And- That's nice. And and you were meeting med students from all across the country. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Med students, dental students, and vet students.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
1: Yep. Um, And, like, the funny thing was is, like, none of us had any idea what was going on as far as, like, military lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And we had a bunch of, like, sergeants walking around who were technically lower rank than us but trying to, like, be the big badass sergeant Mm -hmm. and tell us what to do. But they can't really because we're higher ranked than them, so like we would we would screw up and they would just walk over to us and be like, "Excuse me, I I need you to not do that," <laughs> and I'd be like, "All right."
0: Well, it sounds like like there's a this, it's it's entire culture, right? Right. And like if you're not familiar with the culture, you're gonna obviously people are gonna make mistakes, right? right. Marching, right? Saluting.
1: And they had to teach us how to do all of that very basic stuff um,
0: again and again and again,
1: right? And, I mean, that wasn't bad considering, like, everything that I had gotten from the military. Mm-hmm. Um, but also knowing that that was, like, my last summer off and everybody else in my class was having fun and traveling the world and enjoying life was mm. a little bit hard to, to deal with. Mm. But, I mean, now that I'm at the end of med school and I have money and my savings account and no debt, it's totally it's, it's totally worth it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, you mentioned earlier if you had tried to drop out, what would have happened? Would they have immediately just assigned you – I mean, did they, like, they, would they just say, okay, well, if you're not going to do med school, where's, you owe us two or three years, so you're going to – Right. You- so
1: I signed a four-year like, contract mm-hmm. when I – when I enli- or I guess I didn't enlist. But when I signed up with them, I signed a four-year contract. So I would have owed those four years back for sure. Mm-hmm. Plus they make you pay back any money that they gave you with interest. Okay. So I would have had to owe them all of my money for med school plus the stipend money plus, plus time. Plus, so they time. hit you
0: double. Yeah, they want time and the money. Yes. Okay. So it's a strong, strong disincentive. Yeah. From mm-hmm. okay. All right. So m- let's talk about match. Okay. So there's the military match, right? And then I guess like they call it the civilian match. Yep. Did you ever think about doing the civilian match? Um. I mean, what what was your strategy around this?
1: So. It kind of depends on what you're going into, if you're going to apply just military or to do both. So I'm going into psych, not a super competitive area as far as the military goes. So there's no like they don't sponsor civilian spots because they don't feel like they need that many psychiatrists. Okay. Whereas like for an ED doc, they need a ton of them. Mm -hmm. And so they only have, I think, like three different facilities that they have military residency spots for. But they realize that, hey, we need more than what we can train. So they provide basically sponsorships for military residents to do a civilian residency.
0: I see. So the advantages, at least for you, for doing a military a military residency, a military match, mm-hmm. it does not impact the time commitment at all. Correct. Does it I mean I'm just trying if someone had a choice well it sounds like the choice isn't even theirs, but if someone had to choose between a military residency and a non military residency, it sounds like they're just equivalent. It's not it's no advantage.
1: Yeah, I mean there are different things to consider. So when I signed, I signed with the four year contract. Meaning that no matter what happens, I owe at least four years back. However, if I would have gone into, say, like neurosurgery, which has a seven-year residency, I would have owed the seven years back instead. So it's not either, 11. Not 11. Okay. It's either the four-year minimum or the duration of your residency, whichever's longer, okay. that you owe back.
0: So with you doing a four-year psych residency, you owe them four years. You don't right. owe them eight. Correct. Okay. All right.
1: Um, so... Another thing to consider is that, like, they they do realize that some people have, like, family circumstances that are tying them down in one area and they can't leave to go do um, military residency somewhere else. So they have a few civilian spots that they will let you match into, Mm -hmm. but honestly, like, that's probably the most competitive spot to try to get. So unless you have something that's really saying, hey, I need to be here, I really need this civilian position, then they do They basically won't give it to you. So I did not apply to a civilian spot because I didn't have that family circumstance.
0: And how many military psychiatric programs are there?
1: Two, at least for the army.
0: Okay. Washington DC. Right. And Hawaii. Right. And you interviewed and did rotations of both.
1: Right. I spent a month in, in each area, um, on an addition rotation and, I would recommend doing that to any place that anyone is really interested in going because you need to make sure that you like the lifestyle outside of the hospital as well.
0: What I find fascinating is is both psychiatry spots, mm-hmm. both military spots, mm-hmm. but I would venture very different cultures.
1: Very, very different. How would yes. you describe it? Um, At
0: least from a fourth-year rotating med student perspective. Yeah. Up
1: in the D.C. area. Well, I mean, D.C. versus Hawaii, you have very different patient populations was like the first thing that I noticed Um, up in the DC area, it's more like vets and family members. Whereas down in Hawaii, you're, I mean, there's a base for every branch down there. So you're working with a lot of like enlisted people, Mm -hmm. a lot of like younger people down there, um, up in the DC area, they are very show up on time, get your work done, get out. Like very time efficient, I guess, would be the way to put it. And that's like not even a thing in Hawaii. Everybody's on Hawaiian time. Mahalo. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: So you rotated both. Right. Had positive experiences, but different experiences at both.
1: Right. I actually loved both places mm-hmm. a lot. I would have been totally happy at either.
0: So how did you ultimately make your – because it's the same process, right? Rank list. Right. I guess just just rank two programs?
1: So they make you rank at least five.
0: Really? Yeah. Okay.
1: And so I... But there's
0: no... What well, was three four, three, four, five then? If they we
1: were mean. all transition years for me.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the backup.
1: But that that's just how I did it. Other people... Like I was considering doing peds as my backup just mm-hmm. because I still really liked that. Um, other people do like orthopedic surgery and then psych is a backup or you know Mm -hmm. they they mix it up i know a couple people who did psych first and then like med psych is number three and then a couple transition years or they'll do like family med or internal med is their the bottom of the rank list
0: okay so how did you what was your strategy going into your rank list
1: well i knew that i wanted to put psych as my top position so that was one and two were Mm -hmm. easily taken care of um And for me, I liked being in the hospital just as much in both places. Mm -hmm. Um, D.C. is a very research-focused area, and I'm not a huge research person, so that wasn't like super appealing to me. And I'm not going to lie, the lifestyle in Hawaii is just phenomenal. Mahalo. (laughs) Yep. You can't beat it. Um, While I was out there, I would leave all my scuba diving gear in my trunk and just like Go hit the ocean, hit the beach, mm. um, go diving, hiking, just like beach camping every day after work. And so I felt like work life balance there was really, really nice.
0: Okay. So it sounds like Hawaii started to go up near the top. Right. So this is, you submitted in November ish? October 15th. October 15th. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And obviously it takes two months for the computer algorithm to run. Yes. So when did you find out?
1: Um,. December 12th, technically, around 11 o'clock at night.
0: And how are you feeling between October 15th and December 12th? Feeling um, good? Feeling anxious? Or... Ignorance is bliss. Okay. Just like a black <laughs> hole. Yep. Like, yeah, okay.
1: I was like, well, everything is done. It's all out of my hands. I'm mm-hmm. just going to go about doing whatever else I need to do at the time.
0: All right. And then, did they call you, or did you? How did you find out? Did they email you? What? How did the? How does the military? Does the marching band show up outside your door? I wish oh, that'd okay. be great. Yeah.
1: So, what happens is they're supposed to release uh, results on our our website, which is called MODS. Mm-hmm. Um, you just log on there and look it up, basically, is what's supposed to happen. Which is what happened for the Air Force, um, Army, who is not quite as on top of their game, had technical difficulties. And so they didn't like officially release the results until like 10 hours later.
0: Okay. I'm pretty sure the f- the phones and emails are just burning up on that.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm
0: sure the applicants I'm across sure. the country were just wondering what's going on. Yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure my refresh button was also smoking a little. Mm-hmm. Um, I lucked out though. And the program director at the facility that I'm going to sent me an email. Okay. And let me know.
0: And, you, and there was not one second where you question if there's a fake email.
1: I I didn't – know. Okay, good. Nope. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I did not.
0: Okay. Every once in a while I hear stories about people being very suspicious about, oh, like, is this a joke by one of my friends? Is this the – I didn't hear it through mods,
1: you know. I mean, I got it directly from the program director sent to my civilian email because that's how we had been communicating. And, I mean, she – put my name in there and like directions on what I should be doing, Mm -hmm. instructions on what I should be doing and when I should expect to show up and all of that. So
0: do you even have like welcome to Hawaii? Do you even have that? Yeah. All right. So how's it feel? Hawaii. Oh, it
1: feels so good. Okay. What was your initial reaction? Honestly, it was like, Oh, thank God. Because I was like freaking out that I didn't have any results
0: Mm -hmm. for the first 10 hours,
1: 37 minutes actually is they waited 37 minutes to send me the email. Interesting. Um, so,
0: they, so they realize on their end this this thing isn't working? I think so. Okay.
1: But I'm not sure how—
0: Does the left hand and the right hand know what's going on?
1: Yeah, they weren't coordinated, okay. I don't
0: believe. Interesting.
1: Which made me—so that was like the one time that I was kind of wondering if it was real because if the results hadn't been released to me, why did they have them?
0: So relief.
1: Joy. Yeah, really, lots of relief.
0: Good. Does a part of you – so that like, the military match happens earlier. Yeah. Most of your classmates are going to do the whole, you know, in an envelope, cut the ribbon. Do you do you wish you had that or are you glad you found out? I mean like what, what's your thoughts about that?
1: Um, I'm glad that I found out early because I can kind of just like relax a little bit more now. Like all my classmates are still interviewing and still stressed and still worried and it's like nice to kind of be past that. Mm-hmm. Um. But at the same time, it would have also been fun to like find out with more people.
0: I'm fairly sure. I has, I can check with student affairs. I'm pretty sure you, you get to still go to match day. and I still think you got a little envelope up there. I have no idea. So I think you still have like a memento.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> and sure. You can I feign haven't surprise, looked. Surprise. I guess. I haven't yeah. looked into that. Why? Yeah. That's awesome. I'm super excited.
0: So when do you have to? When do you have to report?
1: Uh, they haven't given me a date yet, but we graduate May 18th and I start June 1st. So okay. I, I've been told it's about three days or no, it's one day for every like 300 miles that you're traveling. So it's about 2,500 miles away. So I'm expecting like a week to 10 days. Are
0: they, they going to stick your car in one of those like a uh, big transports and yep. just take it across the ocean? Yep.
1: They, sh- they send all my stuff over get, there. You get,
0: to, you get to keep your Utah plates out there for a minute. Okay. (laughs) Well, Candace, uh, last question. Any advice for anyone listening out there thinking about going to med school? What would you say to them?
1: Um, I would say just know it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for probably three and a half years, but it's totally worth it at the end. If your heart's in it.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, um, I'll see you before you leave Hawaii, but I want you to come back on the pod one day and tell us about your adventures out there. we <laughs> Will do. All right. Thanks, Candace. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio,
1: online at thescoperadio.com.